Okay. We had just replaced it, one of them, not that one, though, I don't think. I don't think it was that one. Surely not. Huh? Well, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait for service. I can see just fine. <clears throat> Are we waiting on Bonnie? She go get. She go get a battery. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and sing. Let's go ahead and get started. What number is it? Number sixty. Let's stand together and sing. Number sixty. Number sixty. The way of the cross leads home. Six zero. Six zero. That's all right. I understand. Mine was last week, so I understand. Number six, though. I must need go home by the way of the cross. There's no other way but this. I shall never get sight of the gates of light. If the way of the cross I miss, the way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. I must needs go on in the blood-sprinkled way, the path that the Savior trod. If I ever climb to the heights of life, where the soul is at home with God, the way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I onward go. The way of the cross leads home. And I bid farewell to the way of the world to walk in it nevermore. For my Lord said, Come and I seek my home where he waits at the open door. The way of the cross leads home. The way of the cross leads home. It is sweet to know as I all Praise God. Well, I hope everybody had a good Christmas. Amen. I hope everybody did have a good last few days. Amen. We we traveled to Arlington and back on Monday and uh, went over there entertaining the little girl. And we had a pretty good time, had a good time with family. But I tell you, it was good to be in the house of the Lord Sunday morning. It was good to see everybody and preach the word. And, and I'm glad everybody's here tonight. Amen. And pray for those that are out. Pray for them. Any other prayer requests besides those that are out tonight? January. January 19th. I know we mentioned it already. We need to lift up Brother Dan in the morning. 
uh, somewhere between eight and nine, he's going to go in for that surgery down in Tyler. So let's remember and pray for him. <coughs> Any others? Yes. Uh, how can I have a delivery for this on Jerry Valley? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Did, did, I guess Aunt Mary Ruth hadn't found out anything different. Right. And they're they're saying that she might possibly have cirrhosis of the liver and she's never drank a day in her life. And I know there's a non-alcoholic cirrhosis that can happen. So pray that that's not the case. Uh, and pray that they find out what's wrong with her because she's just been struggling forever. Um, anybody else? Pray for my wife. Now, she's just having a hard time breathing. She just has a really, really hard time catching her breath. And... Uh, and she's too hard-headed to go see about it. So pray for um, I don't want to say that. I shouldn't say that on video, but anyway, she she probably won't see it. But anyway, pray for her, and uh, just pray for everybody to get well. Uh, pray everybody's got this junk down their lungs and can't seem to get it up or ever get it up. I'm ready to breathe normal again, y'all. Let's just pray for everybody to get well. Anybody else? Anything else? All right. I know we all got our unspoken probably, and Lord knows what they are. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight and ask God to make with us. Richard, let us in prayer. Father, we just want to lift this prayer request up to you, Father. We, we thank you that uh, you hear them and you know what's needed. Uh, Father, we uh, just pray your blessing on this time now. Uh, Lord, uh, continue to guide and direct us. Continue to show us grace and mercy. We need it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Number 91. Number 91. Only got two stanzas, but we're going to sing it anyway. I like it. What a day that'll be. Oh, I know you will. I, I got faith in you. <laughs> Do it now? Okay. I thought you said if you die, you want the Sunday to be your funeral. I, I can't hear very well. <laughs> I think so. Let's not hurry up. <laughs> you ready? Here we go. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no sorrow there, no more burden to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there, and forever. 
I think sometimes it's best that we hear something over and over and over and over again. And, you know, it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever had this happen to you, but you're driving a nail, and that doggone thing will bend yonder what? Well, you kind of got to hit it over there to knock it back this way, and then it bends over here, and you got to hit it over here to knock it this way. That's kind of the way we are. We kind of like it bent nail. You hit us, and God hits us on the head, and we bend. So, Lord, don't hit me over there. I don't like that. Well, he tries to hit us in the other direction. And to get us drove where he wants us, sometimes he got to hit us from different angles. So, anyway, that's what kind of way we're going to look at the Scripture. Uh, verse 23 through 32, I'll read it, and then we'll get into it. The Bible says, It is a sport to a fool to do mischief. But a man of understanding hath wisdom. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that send him. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forward. May the Lord add his blessing tonight to the reading of his word, and let's go to him in prayer. Father, I love you. I thank you tonight, Lord, for being my Father, for being my God, for being so faithful. Lord, for giving us the word, and Father, for leading us by the Spirit of God according to the word of God. And Father, I'm so thankful for our Savior, Jesus Christ. Thankful, Lord, that I, Lord, that you revealed to me the only door. And Lord, I I went through that door, and I'm thankful I'm your child. I came through the blood. I'm thankful that I've been washed clean. I'm thankful tonight that my name's written down in heaven. Thankful that can't ever change. Father, I know there's people listening in tonight, Lord, along with these that are sitting here before me. Lord, they need to hear from you, and Lord, I need to hear from you. And, and Lord, I'd, I'd be remiss to try to stand up and try to preach without your power. So tonight I put myself in your hands, Lord, I ask you, Please, I lay myself on your throne. I ask you to fill me tonight with the Spirit of God. I pray tonight, Lord, you breathe the breath, uh, the power of God in me, Lord. Breathe your breath in me, Father, and give me your power. Give me, Lord, uh, your leadership. Father, speak through me tonight. Help me, Lord, uh, Lord, to do what I can't do. Spirit of God, work through my mouth. Speak through me tonight. And I'll give Jesus all the honor and all the glory. Lord, I know it's all you. And I give you praise for it ahead of time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What a thrill it is to preach the Word of God. What a thrill it is to know that God used you. What a thrill it is to see God use you and, and to hear, uh, you know, later on I've had people come up to me that, you know, they, they've either been to church with, and heard me preach or uh, back when I used to do the TV show uh, when I would preach on television, have somebody tell me how it impacted them. Ain't, ain't nothing in this world as good as hearing that God used you in some way. And, and when, you know, especially when you realize it is not you. You know, I know there there are some preachers who think they actually have some kind of power or something, but but listen, if they're smart, they realize nothing that they do is them. It's all God. If it's going to be anything any good, it's all God. And I'm just thankful tonight that he uses me. Amen. Take your Bible. Let's look here in verse 23. Let's begin there. 
<coughs> this this verse is you know, I've had a lot of I've had a lot of experience with some of this. I hate to admit that. But I've really had I've I've I have been a fool. When I was a teenager, I set off in a foolish direction. I can't tell you why. Uh I could say it was bad influence. I certainly had my share of bad influence around. Uh, I went after that. I followed after some of that, and it and it cost me. It really did. But I, when I look at these verses and I hear these things, I think back and I see people in my mind, people that I run with, people that I knew back in the day, people that associated with my dad. I, I mean, a lot of a lot of the crowd he run with were a bunch of a bunch of foolish men who were out chasing things they shouldn't have been chasing and doing things they shouldn't have been doing. And I see a lot of those people when I read these verses. Verse twenty three says, "It is as sport." to a fool to do mischief, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. It's a sport. It's a game. Doing, Acting wicked and doing wicked things, it, 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 they look at it like, hey, we're going we're gonna to go out and have some fun. Go get in some trouble. Anybody want hey, let's go party. Let's, let's go. I mean, I, I remember those guys. Back when I was a teenager, they was usually the ones with long hair and their shirt off. Talking about, let's go get us, man, let's go party, let's go get us, let's do something, let's go get some beer, let's go, let's go tear something up. I mean, that, there's a crowd out there, and they're still out there. They just a little, they're a younger generation, but they still a crowd doing that, you know. And they don't care who they hurt, don't care what they get into. They have no regard for tomorrow. It's live for now and and do what all you can do and get all you can get. And again, I, I hate to admit it, I wasn't ever amongst the, the, the crowd who acted necessarily that way, but I, I, I stood on the outskirts and I watched that crowd. But that that person that God calls a fool, they look at evil as entertainment. You know, let's see what we can get into. You know, and it don't matter because, you know, they, they ain't got no rules. They ain't got no regulations. They ain't, they ain't answering to nobody. So, I'll just do what I want to, and whatever happens, happens, you know. That's, that's the rule, the kind of code they live by. And, you know, and, and not only do they have fun doing it, but they all, I mean, they almost compete with each other. I remember, I, I'm going to tell you, I remember vividly my 18th birthday party. I remember it was because two of my, Two of the biggest idiots, I, and I hate to say this because God help anybody find, to hear me say this. It's like I'm being ugly. I'm not. But when I say this, two of the biggest dummies I knew, and now when I say dummies, I mean those who would do anything and try anything. I always want to outdo everybody else. They both met for the first time at my 18th birthday party. And I remember being in my bedroom, and I kept hearing something going, thump, 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 thump. And finally, we went out to see what that was. Well, these two fellers had done drank so much beer that they had gotten a contest to see who could hit the brick wall of the house the hardest and make the biggest spot of blood on the house. I'm going to tell you, I mean, now you say that's not wickedness. It is wickedness, but that's not wickedness like we're talking about. could be. But I remember <laughs> so vividly them competing at something that was hurting, or hurting them, tearing their hands up. And yet they thought it was fun to stand there and see who could hit the hardest and make the biggest spot of blood on the house. You know, now they were doing that for fun. But again, people, when 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 the Lord is not in their life and they just out doing whatever they want to do, listen, they're trying to get in competition, try to outdo each other. 
I mean, these people who try to take, they try to take one another's woman from them. I mean, just for sport. Or that women try to take one another's husband from them for sport. They, there's wickedness everywhere. People, I mean, they steal from one another. They look one another in the face and lie to one another. Whatever they got to do to take advantage of somebody else, it's fun to them. <clears throat> you know, it, this, this preacher I got down here quoted, he said, he said it's, it's, it's just, to do evil to the fool is like sport, literally, like a laugh, like child's play. It's so easy. You know, doing right is not necessarily easy. Sometimes it's difficult to do right. Sometimes you've got to make hard choices to do right. Sometimes you've got to swallow your pride and, 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 and grit your teeth to do right. But bless God, you never have to apologize. Amen? But to, but to do wrong, it takes no effort whatsoever. It's just doing what comes naturally to your wicked flesh. But the Bible says, in the other half of that verse, but a man of understanding hath wisdom. See, the man of understanding, though, or the woman of understanding, the woman or man of wisdom, they see evil for what it is. In other words, they're not looking at the front door. They're seeing through the front door to the back door and seeing at the end result of what's coming for the person that goes down that, that road and sees that path. <clears throat> A man of understanding, again, finds sport and wisdom. He, he, gets, he gets out of wisdom. Now, look here. The man, again, the man of understanding finds enjoyment in getting wisdom, just like the fool finds enjoyment in, in running and doing whatever his heart pleases him. A man of understanding says, you know, <clears throat> understanding what God's will is, that, that's, that's, like, that's like fishing or that's like hunting. Listen, I'm going after something. I'm going after the prize. I'm not satisfied to stay here in this plateau of spiritualness wherever I'm at. Listen, wherever I've gotten to in my growth with God, I'm not, I ain't planting my flag here and saying I'm done. I want to climb higher. That's why we sing that song in the book. I'm pressing on the upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound, Lord, plant my feet on a higher ground. And and that's what we're, that's, that's what this verse is describing is the man or the woman who who's never satisfied with where they are in their walk with the Lord. They're always wanting to go upward. And uh, you get the same satisfaction that the fool gets out of being wicked. We get the same satisfaction out of growing in the Lord. And, you know, it, it, when, when you get next to God, everything about you changes. I mean, your destination changes. Uh, the journey changes. Your, your likes, your dislikes, all those things change. When you, the closer you get to the Lord, the less you look at this world and want anything to do with it. And just like that, your thirst is for wisdom. It's not for the things that this world calls happiness or, or satisfaction. This other pastor, I don't know, I can't remember what his first name was, last name's Walkie. He says a strong people delight in performing feats of strength. They like to show off their muscles. As musicians find joy in their virtuosity, showing off what they can play. A competent person finds delight in constructive work. A competent person says, I want to do something. I don't want to sit around and do nothing and just go with the flow. I want to, I want to be a prophet for the Lord. I want not P-R-O-P-H-E-T, but P-R-O-F-I-T. I want to be a profitable for my Lord and not just be a bump on the log. He has wisdom. Verse 24, <clears throat> the fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. But the desire of the righteous shall be granted. The fear of the wicked, it shall come upon him. 
You know, men may be wicked, may live wicked, but you know, in the back of their mind, they know there's an end. They know, they know it, that, that eventually, you know, their streak of good luck as they see it's going to run out. You know, the wicked man, I dare say, I dare say the wicked man is already experiencing that along the way. The wicked woman's already experiencing that along the way because as you live that kind of lifestyle, you end up losing things along the way. Uh, you you end up suffering loss because of your lifestyle, and and you realize if I, I mean, you have moments. They have moments of clarity, even though this early they ain't hearing the spirit of God at work. They can look around and have enough sense. Say, if I continue on this path, eventually I'm gonna wind up with nothing. Eventually, this this ain't gonna work out good in the end. I may be I may be doing good right now. Hey, I may be enjoying myself right now. Come a day when it's all gonna come to an end. And so they live in fear in the back of their mind of those things coming upon them. But they don't know what to do about it. Again, that's why they're called lost, because they don't know where to look. They don't know where to turn. We say they're in darkness because they can't see. They're blind. And if they could see, they'd know where to go, but they don't know where to go. But they live in fear. they got fear in their mind that one of these days, all these bad things that they worry about is going to happen, and they're right, except it'll be worse. And then the Bible says the desire of the righteous shall be granted. The desire of the righteous shall be granted. The righteous man, the righteous woman, also has a sense of what's coming. But their 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 minds filled with optimism. Their minds filled with hope. Why? Because they know that at the end of the road is the Lord. At the end of the road is heaven. At the end of the road is peace forevermore. At the end of the road is no more suffering, no more heartache, and all the hell they ever got to suffer is right down here on this earth. This is the worst we'll ever face is down here. Amen. The bumps and bruises of this life, the heartaches of this life. Amen. Thank God for that. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. But the key to that is delighting yourself in the Lord. If, you, if, you're, if your lust is after the things of this world, you're never going to be delighted. You're never going to be satisfied. But when God is your delight, and when being with him and being next to him and understanding him and feeling his love is your delight, then God will give you the desires of your heart because he's going to give you all of him that you want. God will never, God will never restrain. He's a liberal giver. He'll give you all of Him you want, and so your desire will be granted when your desire lines up with His will. Verse twenty-five. The Bible says, "As the whirlwind passeth, so is the wicked no more, but the righteous is 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 an everlasting foundation." But we had a little experience with whirlwinds here lately, haven't we? I know, Bonnie, you have. You got a you got a backyard full of it, don't you? But, you know, it's amazing the power of that whirlwind when it came through. I mean, there wasn't nothing anybody could do. I mean, nothing. You could, I mean, you could pray, but it's already in motion. God's already got it set up, set forth. Ain't nothing you can do. I mean, it's going to skin whatever it comes across. And, and the Bible says, as the whirlwind passes by, it pass, as it passes, the wicked is no more. You know, this this emphasizes the unstable and dangerous position that the wicked stand in because trouble here of course is pictured as the whirlwind it comes on everybody everybody's going to face it you know you know when that when that whirlwind when that tornado started coming through here it wasn't looking to see who was saved and who wasn't saved it wasn't looking to see who was doing good and who wasn't doing good it was just coming through and you know again just like a tornado a tornado's going to come through every 
to whoever's in its path, and trouble's going to come to whoever's in its path. But the thing is, I mean, I know you didn't have one, but you said you had to get you one, uh, one of them shelters. But, you know, people that had a tornado shelter, if they had time, they went and got in it, and they knew they were safe. You know, it, they, they build them out of concrete. There's a reason for it, because that tornado ain't going to move that concrete, because that's rock. And, you know, the Bible's here talking about the righteous have a, is an everlasting foundation. So, you know, again, the wicked don't have any foundation. They're like a man just living in a trailer house, and here comes an F4 tornado. What are you going to do? You're going to hope it don't hit you. That's all you can do, because if it hits you, you're a goner. And, and you know I, I live in a I live in a double wide so I guarantee you every time we know there's tornado warning we we try to get somewhere else because that ain't a good place to be. You need to be in a firm place, a firm foundation of a place when troubles come because again tornadoes when they come through they they sweep away everything in front of them, and and the wrath of God it says it's gonna sweep away the wicked and it ain't gonna leave him neither branch nor root just like a tornado it don't leave neither branch nor root. Bible says that righteous have an everlasting foundation. Again, the Bible talks about the man who built his house upon the rock. You remember that story over there in Matthew seven? And you know, the righteous have a firm, everlasting foundation that withstands the trouble of this world, withstands the whirlwind. You know what it says? And I'll read you that passage. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house on a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. There's that tornado. And beat upon that house, and it fell not, founded upon the rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I mean, we've seen those videos. I've seen a bunch of videos from out in Powder where that tornado went through, and there was one video of a man and his two boys standing in the middle of their busted-up, collapsed house, and they were they were checking everybody's okay. And, you know, they they made it through there with their life, but they lost their entire house, and I know so many people did. But again, it's just a picture. It's just a picture here in the Word of God of of how, you know, you got to have the Lord. You've got to have the Lord. People that try to go through this life trusting in themselves, they're like them people that they, they, didn't, they didn't have nowhere to get, and everything just fell in on them. But the one who's trusted in Christ, they're like the one down in that tornado shelter. Ain't nothing going to get them down there. They're safe. The righteous has an everlasting foundation. Amen. Nothing's going to change. Amen. Nothing, nothing can come into my life that can take Jesus away from me. Nothing. I've been through some stuff now. I've been through some stuff in my life. I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to impress nobody, but I'm just telling you, I've been through some hard, hard stuff. I mean, that like to broke me in two. That like to made me want to give up, throw my hands up, and walk away from the ministry because I didn't figure, I didn't figure I could do it anymore after what I went through. But you know what? God's a good God, and He'll hold somebody together, and He held me together, and I'm thankful for that. I, I, I just. I just rested in the shelter of his love because I knew I was in Christ and I knew that rock had me. And he did. And he did not ever disappoint me. Verse verse 26. I like this verse here. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. I have been that sluggard. 
good thing my daddy ain't around no more, he tell you. I'm going to tell you, my, my daddy was a roofer. He dragged me up on the roof with him, and I had I had a fear of heights. I was a lousy roofer because I didn't want to move around up there to get with. So I was a slow roofer. Made him crazy because I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't work. I was, I was scared the whole time I was up there. But <clears throat> but here we're talking about a slugger. We're not talking about somebody scared of heights. We're talking about somebody don't want to work. Ain't got no interest in working. And, you know, I, I, I know we can apply this to just people that don't want to go to work. People that don't want to get up and go earn a paycheck, want to don't want to do anything, just want to lay around and 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 draw off the government or do whatever and, and not lift a finger. We can talk about them people, and I know the Bible talks about it. If somebody if somebody wouldn't work, then neither should they eat, and I agree with that statement too. But but I believe here we're talking about spiritual things, and and the Bible talks about the sluggard to them that send him. You know, it's vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes. I, I can't imagine, you know, thinking I was fixing to pick up a glass that had water in it, and I turn it up and take a big swig, and it's distilled white vinegar. Can you imagine? I make your teeth suck back against your gums. Oh, that's bad, you know. I remember how bad it was when I was going to child, when I was child going to church and we'd have a fellowship meal and I and I'd think there was a Dr Pepper sitting there and I'd pick it up and take a swig and it was it was unsweetened tea. I'd never turn you wrong side out or pick up a glass you think it's got Sprite in it and it's water. That's horrible too, especially if it's old horrible city water like we had up there. But you know, there ain't nothing like picking up a glass of vinegar. I can't. Can you imagine? Listen, I know vinegar, I put it in barbecue stuff all the time, but I don't want none straight. That's that's tough. That make you make a horrible face. And I think that's what God's trying to remind us of, is when so you ask somebody to do something for you, you send somebody to do a job, and they don't do it. Oh, my goodness, the frustration that'll put on you. Oh, the pain that just pains you to find out. They didn't do what I told them to do. They didn't do what they said they'd do. What a... I mean, a source of irritation and disappointment. You know, I mean, and it talks about the smoke to the eyes. Y'all ever sit around a campfire? And you try, you sit there trying to campfire, it seems like it's like it always going to blow right in your face. You been there? Yeah, they always say smoke goes to beauty. That's what we always you tell girls that sit around a campfire and it's right in their face. That's what they say. But, you know, but it will. It always seems to blow in your face no matter what you do. And, man, what, it burns your eyes? Well, I, I think about cutting the onion. I, I, they always say put a, put a wet rag down on the countertop because that chemical in that onion, it goes to water. So if ain't nothing there wet, it'll go straight to your eye, which has got water in it. That's why it burns so bad. But I learned that the other day. That's a pretty good little trick. But, man, that onion getting your eye, ain't nothing you can do. You're going to cry. You're going to wince up. You know, again, that's how that's how lazy man is to somebody that sends him. It'll irritate you. Again, I think it. I think it. It, it it may just be God saying to us, you know, he sent us. He has sent us out. The Bible tells us, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God wants us to be his witnesses. We can't help but speak the things which we've seen and heard, you know. Even as the Father sent me, so send I you. All those verses there are for us. And And if we spend our lives chasing after material wealth, chasing after uh, physical uh, happiness and, and, and pleasures and things of that nature, and we spend all our time as a saved individual just doing for us and those around us and forgetting the one who bought us, 
my goodness, what a mistake we've made. And my goodness, how God ought to, uh, must wince when he looks down, having asked us to go and do something for him, and we've made no effort whatsoever. <coughs> and I don't like knowing that I make God feel that way. It bothers me to think that I make God feel that way about me. I think it's something we ought to think on. How much have I done for God? It's not a contest. It's not about me competing with you or you competing with me. It's about me competing with a, with a fellow in the mirror. That's the only person you're in competition with is yourself. You're trying to be a better Christian than you were yesterday. And the only way you can do that is to get closer to God tomorrow than you were today. That's it. And, again, I, we're talking about, I, I, didn't, I didn't come to preach on New Year's resolutions, but we need to remember that. We're just, we're just trying to be a better tomorrow than we were today. That's all. Just, just, trying to, just trying to take another step of growth with the Lord, trying to trust him a little more than we did yesterday. Verse 27. I think we can make this. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And I read that and I thought on that a little while, and I realized, you know, there are good people that die young, and there's, there's some old people that are horrible. So I understand that I understand that, that, that ain't every time going to be in every case. But as a general rule, I believe, you know, the person that fears God and honors God lives for God, as a general rule, is going to live a happy, more prosperous, blessed life. Why? Because they're living it in the joy of the Lord. They're living it and probably going to live a more healthy lifestyle than somebody who lives in wickedness, you know, drinking and drugging and everything else. I mean, and even the glutton and the one who just doesn't care, doesn't take care of their health, doesn't do anything to, uh, to, to try to take care of themselves, probably not going to live a longer life is the one who tries to live for God and tries to take care of themselves and tries to uh, realize their body's the temple of the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, and it ain't just that. Guilt will wear on somebody and take years off your life. Not only that, depression will, will wear on you and take years off your life. Anxiety will wear on you and take years off your life. You've got, listen, but what's the antidote for all those things I just mentioned? Peace with God. That's what he is. That's the only thing. And that's what I'm saying. We need to get further in our walk with God, in our closeness to God, in, in getting old things that's been holding us back out of the way, confessing them, admitting it, getting it over with, and, and moving on from it and taking steps in the forward direction with the Lord. You know, the Bible says the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Again, they don't have any prospect of, of anything good. As the years wind down, there's nothing to look forward to. Verse 28, the hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. Now, when we listen to that, let me, let me read that again. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. Again, we're not talking about down here. Okay? We're not talking about that because I'm going to tell you right now, I I don't have hope of gladness. I have I have a I have hope, you know, of getting older and hurting more and hurting more to get up out of bed and out of, up and down out of chairs and 
and people dying and, 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 and losing things, losing my memory, losing my teeth, losing my hair. I listen, I'm not looking forward to more gladness. I'm looking forward to things probably going downhill. But, but look here, that's not where I'm looking. I'm looking toward beyond beyond all that. I'm looking forward to when I have my new body, when I'm looking forward to eternity without end. I'm looking forward to the joys of being with my Savior in a perfect place where there's no pain and suffering, where there's no aggravation, there's no heartache, there's no disappointment, there's none of that. Praise God. I look forward to that. That's the hope of the righteous. And that causes me to have gladness. I look beyond this old sinful flesh and this old rotten world and, and all of its troubles. I mean, listen, there's plenty to there's plenty to be. There's plenty to look in this world and enjoy. I'm not trying to be completely down on it, but for the most part, as the years have passed by, my zeal for this world has faded. Has faded. That's not a, you know, I don't know anything you can tell me, hey, let's go do that tomorrow, and I'd just be jumping with joy. I don't know a single thing you can say I'm going to take you to see that I just get, I just go all excited about. I mean, I've seen so much in my life, I don't know what else I need to see. Amen? I'm, I'm just, I'm looking forward to what's coming, not what's here. Amen? The hope of the righteous, that's something you haven't seen yet, the hope. And again, God has a glorious future hope for us, amen? And and we can have gladness in it. And and we can have gladness now looking forward to it and knowing what we have. But the ex- expectation of the wicked will perish. Again, the wicked man and woman faces a future where all their hopes and their desires and their expectations are going to be disappointed. Again, they're going to come to the end of the road. They're going to find out that any good that they did ain't going to matter. They can say, but I was, a, you know, I did good for this, and I was nice to this person and all that. They can say anything they want to, but it ain't going to matter. You know, Adam Clark, he said, a wicked man is always imposing on himself by the hope of God's mercy and final happiness. He continues hoping till he dies without receiving that mercy, which alone would entitle him to that glory. Again, I hope when I die that God will understand. I hope when I die that it will all even out. I hope when I die God will say, I knew you went through a hard time. That's their hope. But there ain't nothing there. It's empty. And when they get there, they're gonna re- when they get to the end, they're going to realize how black and empty it really is. You know, uh, so the preacher, he, he talks about Esau coming in from hunting. Had his head full of hopes, man. But when he went out of there, he didn't have them same hopes anymore. He had a heart full of blanks and, and his face full of blushing because he done sold his birthright. He come in there big from the hunt. Oh, man, look what I did. And then he's so hungry, he, he traded everything he had. Verse 29, I got to hurry. I know, I got five minutes. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. That's talking about God's path. That's talking about walking God's path instead of your path. And he says that that's a blessed way to walk. That's a good way to walk. And if we'll get ourselves set on that path, we'll enjoy that path. We'll enjoy the blessings of that path. Listen, when we get on when we get on the way when we get on the path of the Lord and we and we get weak, listen, we ask the Lord for strength. And he'll give us that strength. You know why why he'll give us that strength? Because we're walking in his path with him. It's hard to ask him for that strength when we're walking our own path, doing our own thing, and we know we're not right we're not right with him. It's hard to go to him in that instance and say, Lord, I need your strength. 
because he know he knows and we know we're in the wrong place doing the wrong thing. But when we're when we're walking daily with him and asking him to guide us, we we can come to him and ask him for whatever we need. You know, Isaiah forty thirty one says, "But they that wait upon the Lord." Do you know if you're going to wait on somebody, you're either and and again, we're not talking about waiting on him. Like, what time are you going to be here, God? It's talking about waiting on him. Like, Lord, what do you need? What do you need? What does a waiter do? They come by and they say, can I get y'all anything? Y'all need anything? That's a waiter. That's what he means to wait upon the Lord. We're to wait upon the Lord. We're to, we're to go to God and say, God, you need to do anything? Can I do anything for you, Lord? Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength because they're working for God. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. How come? Because they're working with God. They're walking with God. They're living with God. They're loving God and God loving them. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright. You're right there at the tap. Amen. You're staying right there at the tap where the blessings are coming out. Amen. You got it. Whatever you need, right there. God, give me. I need this. Help me, Lord. I want to serve you. God will give you what you need. The Bible says, on the contrast, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. Destruction's coming. Those that work iniquity, when they come to the end of their work, they'll find out they built nothing. Only destruction will come from all their construction. All that they built, it'll all mount, mount to nothing in the end. Verse 30, the righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Again, we're talking spiritual things, not earthly things. The righteous shall never be removed. Listen, I've got a home in heaven. Ain't nothing can change that address. Nothing. There ain't, there ain't nothing that can remove my name from the Lamb's Book of Life because it's written down there in indelible ink. It can't ever change. Amen. It's written down in there because what Christ did for me, not what I've done for Christ. We got a we got a wonderful future to look forward to. Our, our it's secure. It's secure. It's immovable. Can't nothing change. The devil can't change it. We can't change it. Ain't, listen, I can't mess up bad enough to take my name out of the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. I cannot mess up bad enough for God to say to me, "Well, that's so bad that undoes that undoes the blood that was paid for your sins." I, I, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to void your salvation. God, it can't happen. Amen. <clears throat> Praise God it can't happen. Amen. The Bible, Jesus said, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. He said that, he said, my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. Again, the righteous shall never be removed. But the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Again, they're going to be in hell. They're not going to inhabit the earth. Matthew 5, 5 says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. We're talking about the new heaven and the new earth. No, the wicked are going to be in hell. Verse 31, The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the froward tongue shall be cut out. The mouth of the righteous bringeth forth wisdom, or the just or the righteous. You know, righteous men and righteous women, again, I, I, we talked about this, I think, last Wednesday before last, you know, they, they, their, their reputation precedes them. You, you know, when somebody, when somebody's always speaking wise words, people like to hear what they got to say. You know, they want to be around them. Why? Because they make a good impression on them. They, they, they make a, 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 a they invest in people's lives. Um, 
you know, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if, and if you're seeking God, if you're walking with God, if, if you're close to God, the things that come out of your mouth are going to be things that, that tend to uh, lend to the wisdom of God. You, because, again, you speak on purpose when you're walking with the Lord. You speak with a purpose, and the purpose is to edify, to help others, and, to, and, and, and not to brag on what you know, but to share what you know with other people. But the Bible says the perverse tongue, on the other hand, the perverse tongue, the forward tongue, shall be cut out. You know, in the Middle East, and still in some Middle Eastern countries, Saudi Arabia and Qatar and all them places over there, Iraq and Iran, those Muslim countries, um, you know, if you if you blaspheme Allah, they'll, they'll cut your tongue out. Uh, you, you speak out against the government, they'll cut your tongue out. They don't kill you. And, uh, you know, but that, that, that idea, I, I just got to think about that today, what it would be like to have your tongue cut out, you know, and, and, and to realize I'll never be able to speak again. I'll just go, and I can't say nothing. I, I, I can never make another musical sound. I can never speak another word. I mean, I'm just, I can't swallow properly. My whole my life is, is forever changed because of something I said. But I think it's 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 kind of a picture of, you know, God saying, you know, I put a stop to the tongues of those perverse tongues out there. I, I put a stop to them, you know. And I thought about this too. <clears throat> to be before the world got so crazy, when society was basically a moral society. You know, if somebody was being perverse, we did the opposite of the cancel culture. I mean, we were it's kind of like those who, who were righteous and had morals did the same thing as the cancel culture does. Now, it's like, you know, if you want to be perverse, you can, be, you can do it by yourself. No, nobody wants you around here. But, you know, it's flipped now. Now they, now they get rid of somebody who speaks for God. Now, now, now the Satan's crowd is trying to be hyper-religious. And if you don't want to fit in with us, if you don't want to go along with what we believe, then we'll just shut you up and we'll cancel you. See, the devil's trying to do what God... Satan always tries to mimic God. He'll always try to do that. But, again, somebody I can tell you right now, somebody came in here tonight and sat down amongst us and started using profanity. It wouldn't take long for us to usher them out the door. Right? And I think, you know, and God God don't want none of that around his people. God don't want us hanging around that crowd, and God don't want that crowd hanging around us. But anyway, let's move on. Last verse. Verse 32. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable. Again, if you're a child of God, it gives us a sense of discernment. You know, the Spirit, that's what the Spirit of God, one of the works of the Spirit of God is he guides us into all truth. But he guides us in what we say, too, when we let him have control. You know, the Bible talks over in James about how how dangerous the tongue is. That, you know, evil and, and, and good can both flow out of the same fountain, and it shouldn't be that way. But if we turn our, just like we turn our feet, we're talking about the path of the righteous, 
We turn our feet over to the Lord. We need to turn our tongue over to the Lord, too. But And God will give us discernment as to what to say. Oftentimes, you, you may say, well, I don't really know what to say in this situation or that. If you turn it over to God, God will give you what to say. God will lead you in what you ought to say. But the Bible says the mouth of the wicked speaks of forwardness or, or, or speaks of what's perverse. Just like righteous men and women, like I said, we, we, God gives us what to say, and we, we know what's acceptable and what's not. And the wicked have a have a talent to speak what's crooked and perverse. I'm going to tell you something. Back when I didn't serve God, shame on me. But I'm going to tell you, I, I have, God has given me... <coughs> He's given me the ability to really describe things. I have ability to be very graphic in my descriptions. That's a blessing and a curse. When I wasn't living for God, when I was living out in this world, it was shameful the things come out of my mouth. But when I turned my mouth over to God with the rest of me, I didn't want to talk like it anymore. I didn't want I didn't want to say things that were ugly. I didn't want to I didn't want to tell dirty jokes anymore. I didn't want to. I didn't want to curse anymore. I don't like those things coming out of my mouth. My mouth belongs to the Lord, just like the rest of me, and I don't want those things coming out of my mouth. And and I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this tonight. Listen, we need to all pray, and and watch the things that come out of our mouth, <laughs> because, you know, as I said a couple of weeks ago, two things you can't call back: words and bullets. And both of them destroyed. We need to be careful and pray. I, I think we ought to make it a matter of prayer in this new year. God help me to guard the words of my mouth. Help the words to my mouth to, to reflect what's in my heart, what you've done in me. Help me to be careful of the things that I say, not to tear somebody else down, not to destroy somebody else with my words, but to be careful to always try to speak the things you'd want me to say, to be an encouragement, to be an uplifter, to be someone who who who, who brings the word of God into the public discourse, somebody who's not ashamed or afraid to speak about Jesus in front of others, and person who will actually make an effort to speak to somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ together. I don't want to hold you no longer tonight. Amen. As we go into the new year, though, let's go into it, with, like I said, with a determination. That, that the Lord is going to get more of the spotlight than we are. All right? Any word from anybody before we go to the Lord and dismiss? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask God to dismiss us. And hope you have a good rest of the week. Hope the Lord blesses you. Brother Byron, dismiss us in prayer.
Hallelujah. Yeah. 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 Ye